Welcome to episode 52 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. Hard to believe we've been doing this for a year. Each week, we strive to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that make up Wichita's important business community. We thank you for listening, and thank you for subscribing. Some Wichita area kids built an airplane, and they're getting ready to fly it. The May School District, WSU Tech, McConnell Air Force Base, other stakeholders were part of the Airbus Flying Challenge. The goal is to get kids interested in aviation and aerospace. Vice President of Airbus America's Engineering in Wichita, John O'Leary, is my guest this week on episode 52. We'll be joined by aviation reporter Daniel McCoy, who wrote about the challenge in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. Well, let me fill you in on some other content in this week's paper. On page three, we feature part of an online story we did about Suda Tokula. She's bought some downtown buildings with the idea of helping establish a new medical school, but she may be having second thoughts. That's on page three. Reporter Brian Horwath fills us in on some new census numbers that show more young adults are moving into Wichita. However, a deeper dive into the numbers may tell a different story. Page 5. We have a special report this week on real estate construction and design. More details on the Cargill headquarters getting $10 million worth of additional work. This week we spend 10 minutes with Matt All the new CEO at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas. He says he never imagined he'd be called on to lead the state's largest health insurance company. It's on page 23. This week's top 25 list, the area's largest general contractors. 2017 was a good year. Page 16. Well, our mission is to help small and medium-sized businesses grow. One way we do that is providing them, you, with business leads. We list new corporations, real estate deals, new lawsuits, who owes federal and state taxes, bankruptcies, and building permits, all right there on our weekly edition. It starts on page 8. Back with John O'Leary in a moment. Welcome to BizTalk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. The Airbus Flying Challenge brought students, educators, engineers, mentors, and companies together to build an airplane and in the process inspire young people to get interested in aviation. The airplane is complete. They're getting ready for a first flight. As I said, Daniel McCoy tells that story in the weekly edition, and we invited John to come over and tell us more about this program, who is involved, and how it went. So again, John, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Bill. We appreciate it. You're in charge of Airbus America's engineering here in Wichita, but this is a kind of a separate project for you. How did this program get started at your company, and is is it just done here or done elsewhere as well? This program is part of the uh, Airbus Foundation Flying Challenge program. It's it's actually a global program that's done uh, in many different countries in Europe and at two locations here in the United States, here in Wichita, Kansas, and in Mobile, Alabama. But this is the only location in which we uh, we took the step to go ahead and build an airplane and say uh, let's let's turn the flying challenge from not just mentoring that that is that is a, a significant part of the project but right. let's go ahead and build an airplane and say if you build it you fly it and we'll make that the challenge. So how was Mays selected? We went uh, and talked with uh, Wichita State University and the folks there. And, uh, and as well, Tango Flight, who's our nonprofit uh, organization down in Georgetown, Texas, that we work with. And what really has to, which we, we need to have in place, is a, a school that does a project lead the way program. Okay. Mays has that. And this airplane build fits into that curriculum. 
So we're not going in and trying to develop a whole new curriculum. We're doing the part that says, here's the real world application of what you're picking up in school. And uh, you also had some kids not only from Mays High, but Mays South as well, right? Both schools, yeah. So this is USD 266 combined. How many kids involved altogether? Yeah, there was uh, 25 to 27 kids uh, in the program, and uh, we had about nine in their building at any one time. The kids were in a rotation between the academic part and the hands-on build, as well as going out and, and looking at different companies around the community, like Yingling Aviation, who uh, Lonnie there sponsored a number of kids coming out, going through and looking at airplanes in action. Girls involved in this as well, not well, just boys, right? Not just boys. We only had one one girl, though, She, but... but uh, I will say that she made up for about 10 guys. She was a powerhouse. <laughs> Good. Well, who else was on the team for this project? Who were some of the other stakeholders that helped actually get this done? Yeah, in addition to Tango Flight, who, is, uh, who really organized the program, we had tremendous support from WSU Tech. Uh, and in fact, without WSU Tech, this program would not have happened, uh, as, it's, as it turns out. You know, it was the first time we did the program, so we had a lot of lessons to learn, and that was a key one. Having uh, WSU Tech there to be able to support, provide an instructor, and provide that oversight and mentorship throughout the program was tremendous. And I thought what, what really turned out to be the, the, the crowning glory in all this, that, that nugget that you don't know right. until you start, is the relationship between USD 266 and WSU Tech. Uh, with Dr. Higgins there as the superintendent and Dr. Utash at WSU Tech, they really formed a good partnership. And I think it is that model, uh, that, that, that primary school and, 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 uh, and follow-on secondary education model that really is a path for the future. When you think about career development in a, in a more holistic context, mm -hmm. where now you begin to think, we got a K-12 through program where, where young people can come up and they can go into a WSU Tech and be on a pathway that leads – either into a certificate program and a, and a license and, and a very viable career as a technician, or maybe they do that and they come back and they go back to school and get an associate's degree or PhD all the way up, all the way through as far as you want to go. And so that pathway now that, that these two pioneers have begun to develop really is, a, I think, a, a model for the nation fundamentally. And, and that's really the goal, isn't it, to get kids interested in aviation and as maybe a secondary, a secondary or maybe a primary goal, to get more workers for the Wichita market, people going into engineering and maybe working for you at Airbus America's Engineering or one of the other companies here. Yeah, Bill, you hit the nail right square on the head. That's exactly what it's about. It's The airplane itself is not even the important point here. It's the, the pipeline of talent within this community, especially around aviation, but of all the STEM activities as well, but not just aviation. We happen to pick aviation because that's what we know. And, right. uh, you know, aeronautics is important to us. But if you, if you look back and you think, Airbus came to Wichita in 2002 because it was looking for talent. It turns out to be aerostructures talent. And that pipeline is critical to the future, not just for my organization, but for all the companies in this, in, in this region. Right. We all came here for a reason. Usually it's around talent and talent access. So keeping that pipeline going is, is just as important to, to Airbus as it is to every company in the area. You were in there working too, right? Yeah, I just came from there. I was down there today. That's why I kind of <laughs> look a little grubby here. I was on the airplane uh, just a couple hours ago. So what what sorts of things did you do, and what was your interaction with some of the kids there? Yeah, I, we, it's uh, basic sheet metal and fiberglass work, and, and really uh, a question of looking at the plans, interp helping the kids interpret the plans, and then kind of imparting on them 
the importance of following what it says. Don't just think I know what to do. Right. Make sure you know what to do. And, of course, we had about 40 Airbus mentors as well. They would come out on a regular basis uh, every day, three at a time. And, uh, and they're much better engineers than I am. So they were, they were much more attuned to saying, no, here's what the print says. Follow this. Do it this way. Uh, edge distance, spacing of rivets, that kind of stuff. So right. all, the, all the hands-on stuff. Daniel McCoy is a reporter again on the story. Daniel, what were your impressions of this project as you, as you watched it? You've been following this for a while. Yeah, um, it, was, it was really uh, it was awesome to see it uh, come together. You know, John first disclosed this uh, back when they held the official opening of the new office on the Innovation Campus. And, and as you said at the time, kids are going to build a plane, then they're going to fly in it. And you kind of think really? <laughs> and I understand some of the folks you told about that said yeah. about the same, but to see it really, you know, come to uh, fruition like that and, and to get to see the kids kind of in action and obviously enjoying what they're doing and talking with a couple of them and uh, Grayson Graham, uh, he had the opportunity to go to Europe as yeah. kind of a result of this and yeah. see Airbus kind of global and, yeah. and he's got a real interest in aviation. And then, uh, Stacy, uh, the girl that worked on there, she's going to WSU. She told me for yeah. uh, mechanical engineering. Right. So it's, uh, doing exactly, it seems like what it set out to do. I was interested and would love to, to hear your take on this as well. How similar this turned out to be to any other aircraft program even if it's yeah an a380 yeah. i mean there's no it, that's exactly right it is completely scalable from a 750 pound empty weight to a 1.2 million pounds at takeoff uh, a380 <laughs> you know the, the airframe seems to go pretty together pretty quick and then you start getting into running wires and systems and uh, why is the fuel leaking and how come the hydraulic you know the brakes aren't going quite right so all of that stuff uh, as well as the pressure of we got to get the job done you know there's a we're going to roll this thing out on the 25th of may and and it, it, we're not just going to roll out an empty shell. Right. So, uh, yeah, it, it is completely scalable uh, in the way it's approached. And listeners should understand that they're not just making a model. Right. They are making a full-size, from a kit, aircraft, a two-seater, yeah. that actually is going to fly. Yeah, it's a, a Vans RV-12. And as Dan indicated, there was a number of times we had to say, no, it's not a model. It, it actually puts people in it, and they go fly. Uh, it is a kid airplane, so it's well-structured. It's, uh, it's uh, un certified under what's called the light sport aircraft category. And uh, we've been working closely with the local FAA office, the local MITO office. They've been coming out working with the kids, been tremendous uh, asset for the kids, explaining to them regulations, how it works, how do airplanes get an airworthiness certificate, what does it mean. And I think it really impressed on the kids that it's not a go-kart. Right. You know, having right. the FAA show up and say, no, there are very specific things that have to happen. And, and we're going we're gonna to give you a special airworthiness certificate for this airplane that will be with the airplane the rest of its life. And, right. and they're involved in that. So uh, the local FAA office has been a tremendous help. What did you hear? I know, Daniel, you talked to some of the kids. Uh, John, what did you hear from, from some of the kids as this project was winding down and they could actually see an aircraft that they built? You know, we, we, um, we kind of sneakily interviewed them and, uh, and tried to get an impression for that. And so I had uh, Sam, our intern, go out there with a the phone and just say, you know, you're, you're about their age. Just talk to them and see what they're about. Right. And, and yeah, the airplane's cool. They, they, they think that's really neat. But what they really enjoyed was being able to talk with mentors, right. you know, like uh, Dave Solinke and like Cliff uh, Ives, who's a retired A&P mechanic from Cessna, many years of experience. Dave's an instructor at WSU Tech. 
and really get to work with them and see what they do and what they can do with sheet metal and on an airplane. Uh, they really enjoyed that relationship and talking with those folks. It's been a huge help. Daniel, I know you talked to a couple of kids as well. Uh, you mentioned one of them. Tell us about what their impressions were when they talked to you about this whole process. Just uh, uh, such a, as John uh, alluded to, uh, such a greater understanding of what all goes into building an aircraft. You know, you could tell they were, uh, you know, in some of the pictures they provided, you could see early on in the process, you know, unpacking, inventorying, doing the whole thing. And uh, uh, both John has talked to me about this before, and uh, the instructor that was involved out there, Mike uh, Tinich, uh, talked about how much they gained throughout. Like by the end of the process, they could go, you could give them a pretty specific part. Yeah. number and name and they could go and find it and they they knew what they were doing so um there was some obvious pride when i was out there about a week before the rollout because it was kind of a almost finished aircraft so they were definitely having fun seeing what they were doing but um the the ones i talked to you could they had some confidence about what they had done and uh, they felt like they really had had learned uh, a lot and in particular thanks to the mentors they 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 all talked about the mentors as well and the hands-on nature to to see something you know it's not just as the as Tinich had said you know they're not just memorizing something to rewrite on a test they're right. learning it and then they're going and applying it so I think it had a bit it, it had a big impact on the the students I talked with for sure the actual process started in August uh, when the actual boxes showed up yeah. at the school yeah. uh, kind right. of take us through that timeline up to this week yeah, the, uh, the boxes showing up was intimidating because, <laughs> as Dan says, you open it up and it's an NAS this and NAS that. And a lot of part numbers and big, long inventory sheets. Right. You know, you gotta, I got two of these, 20 of them, and, and checking them all off. So uh, a lot of getting organized and then um, probably a bit of a strategic error. We started out with what's called the center section, which is where the, the main wing spars come together. Okay. And, uh, and we hadn't given the kids a whole lot of training yet, so they started going at it, and uh, we had to step back and fix a few things. But that was a, a pivotal learning point early on to sure. say, okay, the way you hold a drill is important, the way the holes is produced is important. And, and we also showed them that, look, at, there's nothing here that's, uh, that we can't prepare. Uh, there's nothing here we can't fix. So that, that made them a little more comfortable and, and confident. And then we moved through, uh, through, moved through the airframe build, and, and uh, anybody that's done deburring of sheet metal parts knows that <laughs> that is not the most exciting task. So right. Anytime I saw somebody standing around, I'd yell deburr, and they'd all get busy <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Although they figured that out fast. Right. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, as we continued through the year, they just, they just built speed and accuracy. Uh, about around the, we started at May South in a, in a room that you know, was too small. And then at the December time period, when the career academy is finished, we moved out to the career academy, and so that was a big pack-up exercise, and and uh, putting the components on trailers and pickup trucks and dragging them over there. And that's when uh, the folks from McConnell showed up. We had a couple of uh, active uh, reservists come out that, from the Air Force, and they were holding components as we were moving across, and it was cold. So wow. I had to admit that I was glad to see those guys. Right. <laughs> um, so so that was good, and then. Then we got to the part of saying, okay, now we're into the systems. And that was a whole, that's a whole different area, running electrical, thinking about how to connect wires, uh, reading wire diagrams. Right. Uh, happy to say, though, that almost was an area for the kids that was uh, more comfortable for them. No kidding. Yeah. I, a few kids, I'd, I'd say, okay, these are wire crimps. And they're, yeah, I know. And they'd grab them and they'd go to town. That wow. was an area that 
that they they really began to excel at quickly. Maybe it's because of their experience with electronics yeah, or think, uh, gaming do, systems, gaming or? systems, computers, and and they just say, yeah, sure, I understand that connector, and, and away they went. Wow. Um, so it it was uh, it was it was very good. You know, uh, Bill Greer used to tell me he said sometimes you just got to stop and look back at where you were. Right. You know, when you get to this point where you're trying to get done with something. And, uh, and that's probably the, the key point with, uh, when I, I would say to the kids, just look at how far you have come. Right. And that would kind of give them the confidence to say, yeah, we can finish this off. Bill Greer was your predecessor mm-hmm. at uh, Airbus yeah. America's Engineering, the, the first, uh, first guy who got the office started there you go. in, in the exactly old town right. area. He would often say, look at how far we've come. It has to be inspected. Yep. The airplane has to be inspected, That's and right. it has to get that airworthiness certificate. Uh, what's that process like, and, and has it been done yet? There's a series of uh, very structured forms and applications that we make as we would, uh, similar to what we would do on any uh, FAA-certified airplane. Uh, it's, the rules are slightly different from what you would see out of a business jet airplane, <clears throat> but, uh, but the process is the same. We fill out the forms, we make application to the local MITO office. They come out, conduct the inspections, make sure we've got all the, all the information in the proper sequence, convince them that we understand the configuration of the airplane and that all of those steps have been signed off and, and completed, and that we're through the production acceptance procedures and everything is signed off and ready to go. And then they'll issue us a, a certificate, a, a special airworthiness certificate. At that point, it's ready to fuel up and fly? At that point, the airplane's ready to fly. That's right. So that's probably, I'll give you the standard Airbus answer. Right. The airplane will fly when the airplane's ready to fly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's going to happen in June. And as somebody who might fly in an airplane like that or might fly in this plane, that's a good thing. There it, you it, go. When it's there ready to fly, that's when it should go. Um, who will actually fly the plane the, the first time it, it, it takes off? Oh, I'll fly it. I'll be the, I'll be the test pilot. Right. Yeah, happy to do it. It's a well-designed, well-constructed airplane. Uh, it's had a lot of eyes watching it throughout the build process. So, and there's a second seat, so somebody will get to go with you. Not on the first flight. Okay. There's a structured sequence where you go through a series of check flights. Nothing dramatic. It's not like it's a test. You know, it's called a test. It's not like it's really a test airplane. Right. But you're just going through, making sure all the systems are functioning, the airplane's flying normally, and uh, and then uh, then we'll it'll be open for passengers. So, Bill, you. Let me know. I'd, I'd, I'd fly with you anytime. Uh, you've got a little bit of experience behind the controls of, an, yeah. of aircraft, different types of aircraft. You might talk about that and how many hours you've got. Uh, I, you know, I, I started uh, back in uh, 1983 as a Marine Corps aviator uh, in, Marine Corps, in, in aviation, so flown in a number of different types. I was not a pilot. I was what's called a naval flight officer. Okay. So I've spent a lot of time in the right seat and back seat. Uh, and then uh, along the way, got my uh, private pilot's license and progressed through Cessnas. And today I fly a super decathlon and I'm also building an RV eight kit airplane as well. So, Oh, great. Yeah. And, and where are you in that process? Um, not quite as far as these kids have gotten. <laughs> they, they've uh, done much better than I have. They can come help you now. Yeah, That's you right. <laughs> That's right. I kept telling them that and they, they just walked away. <laughs> there, you know, obviously there were a number of kids who, who worked on this project. How many kids in total were there who worked on this? About 27. 27. Mm-hmm. Not all of them probably are going to go into aerospace, aviation, that type of thing. No, not all. I, I'm going to guess that we had about seven or eight seniors this year that graduated. You know, Dan talked about Stacy. She's going into mechanical engineering. I know a couple others that were saying, yeah, I'm going to go into aviation. Uh, and, in, and in one uh, young man in particular was going straight into uh, flight training. 
what was referred to today as ab initio training, right. which uh, airlines are doing where they take someone with zero experience or a flight school takes someone with zero experience, take them all the way to uh, a right seat in an RJ or uh, or similar airplane, A320 size airplane. So he's going right into flying, and he was uh, he was hot to go. And even the kids who aren't going to go into aviation, right. they got a lot out of this program as well. I assume they've they've got some life lessons out of it, probably. They, they do. And uh, you know, Andrea DeBain, who's the executive director of the Airbus Foundation, says it best when she says uh, it's important that we all join efforts to facilitate access to science, technology, engineering, and math skills because they play a key role. Uh, in the STEM-related jobs that are core to solving complex problems in the future. And uh, she's exactly right. And, and every one of these kids is now beginning to see there's, there's things out there that we would traditionally call science and technology that are actually a lot of fun, and it's cool. Right. Uh, yeah, okay, you can build an app and do that kind of stuff. But it's really cool to actually see a piece of hardware fly. Yeah. Feel good about the process? Feel good about the program and how it went this year? I feel very good about how we've uh, done doing this year. This was a, a concept, so we made a lot of assumptions when we started out. Uh, I'm happy to say we've got the airplane ready to go. Uh, we've learned a lot of lessons, and we look forward to applying those in the future. Do you think you'll do it again in the Wichita area? We hope so. Yeah. yeah. I don't have a final answer yet, but we hope so. That's fantastic. John O'Leary is the uh, Vice President General Manager of Airbus America's Engineering here in Wichita. Thank you very much Thank for you, uh, talking with us, working with us on this story, working with Daniel. It's the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. And uh, great investment in young people, and uh, it sounds like it's already paying off. And we'll watch for that over the skies of, in the skies of Wichita. There you go. Looking forward to it. Thanks, John. Thank you. Most bankers are good at banking talk. What you need is a banker who knows how to talk business. Your business, that is. I'm Andrew Cheney, commercial lender here at Equity Bank. If you've got plans to grow, we're ready to talk about your business. Visit equitybank.com. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 52. We publish a new episode every week. You can see the others at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Thank you once again to John for being with us and talking about this program. If you have ideas for guests you'd like to hear from, please let me know. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. On behalf of the great staff here, thanks for listening. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, the folks at Equity Bank. Have a profitable week.